What's up, guys? Welcome back to Real Talk, an unfiltered, unbiased podcast. My name's Sean Costantino, and I'm joined by my co-host, Connor Martin. And Josh Bailey. Ooh, ah, I want to know if you score a goal. Let's fucking go Islanders, baby. People might have honestly thought that my co-host was Ed Sheeran, because that sounded fucking amazing. People are like, holy shit, where did Connor go? That might have been songbird. I'm the songbird of my generation. Nah, but we uh we got a good episode tonight. The Islanders are kicking off in about what an hour and a half. Hour and a half. Um, minus one yeah, we have the game to talk about that happened a couple days ago. Um, a lot of things went wrong, both with the refs and with the team in general. Um, uh, they need to to fix a couple of things. We have the NBA playoffs, the fucking 76ers. Holy shit. How about Philly, the Hawks? Philly collapsing down. Up 26, collapsing to the fucking Hawks. Lou Will, sixth man of the year, double girlfriend, double wife. Isn't he um isn't he Lou or isn't he Doc Rivers' son-in-law? Isn't he like dating or married to one of his his daughters? That I do not know. I think he is because the announcer just had to throw that in during the comeback, too. So on top of the 76ers getting smacked around, they also said, you know. Lou Will, your daughter's getting smacked, or uh, Doc Rivers, your, your daughter's getting smacked around by Lou Will. But uh, they came back. That was nuts. Um, tonight, the Bucks and the Nets are playing. Uh, no Kyrie again. Um, you think he's faking the injury? Uh, didn't he just have a baby? No, no, he wouldn't fake it during the playoffs. That's only during the regular season these guys don't want to play. They, I mean, they never play together. I think he just had a baby, but uh, it doesn't really matter. Milwaukee's a, a fucking terrible team. Giannis is, is – I don't understand when people were trying to compare him to LeBron and saying that he was one of the best players in the league. That dude has no game. He has no ISO game. I don't know no about jumper. no game. Look at the clips. He can't – people people sagging off. He him. just can't create his own shot. That's his thing. He can dominate anyone down low, but he can't create his own shot. Yeah, but shot. in today's NBA, that's, that's really what you need to do. But but we'll get into that. Well, yeah, we'll get that to that a little bit later. Uh, we're going to talk about someone who we haven't talked about in about three weeks. I don't even know if he's still alive. He might have been hit with a volcano in Hawaii or something. Um, Aaron Rodgers, uh, when his situation is going to be resolved. And then we have a Mount Rushmore, which we're going to let you guys wait till the end just to ensure that you guys listen to the entire thing. And it's uh, a pretty good actor, someone from our childhood, someone that's still relevant today. So um, let's get into the Islanders first just because it's the most yeah. relatable and yeah, the most no. prominent thing. How do you feel about the last game? Uh, disappointing, but not surprising. I mean, you had to have – I said it right off the fucking opening face-off. You could tell we pissed them off in game one. We really did. Oh, yeah. And this isn't this isn't a team that you can fuck around with. This isn't a team that you can just hope that they don't show up because they, uh, they rested on their loyals a little bit after game one, and Tampa came out and punched them right in the mouth. Um, it was nice to see Brock Nelson answering that first period of the goal, but you could just tell from the moment they dropped the puck. I mean, there was a little bit more scrappy. Tampa was trying to hit a little bit harder, and uh, we pissed them off. And you could tell they still nice. should have let they still should have let um, Matt Martin and Maroon go that first time. Oh my god! Because when they finally got together, they were just hugging each other, and, and they were too close to create any type of separation, and they couldn't even get a punch off. It, it was a joke. And you can tell there's some hard feelings from last year. You can tell. Um, I mean, obviously, they played in the bubble. It wasn't like the crowd aspect around it. But 
uh, I would have loved to have seen Matty Marks throw the gloves like full blown center ice. Like they were lining up in center ice, ready to drop. They both had their gloves dropped and neither of them got penalties. Usually when you drop the gloves and don't fight it's two minute uh, misconduct, but Hey, we'll take it. Um, I'm glad a couple of good takeaways. I'm glad Varlamov's okay. Uh, Sorokin came in and played pretty well, which is a good sign. Also keep him fresh just in case, but it was nice to see him come back. That wasn't a penalty either though. As much as I love the response from the Islanders defense, like going after point and like trying to fuck him up. Oh, you have to. Pelic Pelic did push him into him. No, I don't care. It should have been Pelic that went after um, point the first time. Yeah. Pelic pushed him into him. He should have been the first one to jump on top of him. That's just how it is. Anyone touches your goalie. It doesn't matter whether the goalie's at fault, whether the defenseman's at fault. Or whether the opposing yeah, players fall, you can't you can't let someone hit your goalie. Doesn't matter. I don't care if I don't care if Barlamov skated out there and tried to like sucker punch him and got his ass kicked. You still jump the guy, even if he's not at fault. You have to. Um, but glad he's okay. Good sign seeing him come back out for that. Uh, was it second period? Yeah, he was good. He got hurt in the first. Yeah. Um, but then I mean, again, this is it. All comes down to one of my X factors from the beginning of the series: stay out of the fucking penalty box. Like that power play, we kind of held them down a little bit in game one. I think they only had one or two opportunities. But if you give them three, four, five opportunities on the power play, they're going to start scoring. And that's what we saw. Uh, you had hadn't been on the power play. And then they had a couple more opportunities with a lot of really good uh, shots on net that Barlama was able to kick away. But um, no, it's, it's, uh, what did we say when we first started? Steal game one, got to get a split down in Tampa. Now you come back. It would be fucking incredible if you could win both these games at the Coliseum and then have game five be a toss-up and still have two opportunities to close it out. But, I mean, the series started off after game one. They always say, the what's the, the common saying? The series doesn't start until said. the home team loses. Yeah. Exactly. So, we came out, punched them in the mouth in game one, and they responded right back in game two. So, I'm expecting the Coliseum crowd to be crazy tonight. Um, I saw some people out there tailgating at like 10 o'clock in the, in the morning. Game starts at 9 or uh, 8 o'clock. Ridiculous. But the X factors that I had pointed out, Barzal's playing really well. That uh, killer B line with Nelson, Bovillier, and Bailey has been tearing it up. They're playing skating pretty well. Um, I'm curious to see if there's any lineup changes tonight. Do you think Zajac's going to be in there or is it going to be Wallstrom? I think, didn't Trot say he was going to try and get him out? Get who out? Um, Zajac. I don't know. Um, I feel like it's kind of unfair to pull him. It's not his fault, but I would wait one more game if I was him. You got to keep Varley in there. He's been hot. And you also got to just kind of stick with what's working. I mean, we came out a little bit flat in the beginning of the game in game two, but you were expecting Tampa to come out and absolutely fucking rake in that second game. So, like I said, it was surprise or it was disappointing, but surprising or not surprising at all. So I would stick with the same lineup, same goalie for the game three. And if it's still a little bit flat, which I doubt with the Coliseum crowd there, that they can come out flat, but stick with it for game three. And then at that point, if we go down two one, change it up. Nah, nothing too much to worry about here. Don't panic. Don't do anything too crazy, but. Yeah. So that was one of my questions too, was <clears throat> who do you think should actually start going forward? Especially I mean, after tonight. Uh, say say they lose a game tonight. Do you think Varlamov's the answer next time? Yeah, no, you don't you don't switch up the goalies now. If they were gonna do anything, it would have been when they did it in the Boston series. When they went from Soroka to back to Varlamov, that was the last goaltender change they're gonna do, barring injury, like we saw last night. Um, yeah, the playoffs are about the hot goaltenders. And look, other than a, a few miscues on defense, Varlamov's been fucking locked down. 
Yeah. I, I would argue he's been the best goaltender in the playoffs in the final four so far. I mean, I don't know how much of the Montreal game you watched last night, but it didn't look like Flurry was playing pretty well. Um, no, it's uh, it's it's interesting to see him not doing what we're expecting. He's usually first couple shots on net. He's a little shaky and then shuts it down afterwards, but he's been pretty much a brick wall the entire time. And it's uh, not even our defense that's holding him up either. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's also given up goals when there's seven skaters on the ice. So, and that's the thing you got to stay out of the penalty box. That's the only way you're going to beat this team. Don't force or don't force yourself into errors. No, I'm talking about the, the, when they missed all seven skaters on the fucking ice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And people were saying there were six. There were six, and then you see in the camera angle in the very top left, there's still yep. another lightning player trying to get off the ice. There were seven players on the ice. Yeah, that was, uh, that was brutal. You could see Barry getting after the guy a little bit. You don't usually see him too animated on the bench, but he was fucking mf. I mean, why? Guy. Why do you have what are there three, three um, refs in? It's uh, there's a head ref, two linesmen, and someone and else. The, yeah. Here, so I mean, how do you miss that? In the in the I was gonna say Eastern Conference Final. I don't even know what the fuck it's called now. They just called the Final Four. Yeah, but I, I mean, how do you miss that? It, it could change the whole complexity of the game. It's momentum too. I mean, those are easy things to easy things that you should catch. They're not very missable. And and I it's funny. I don't seeing know the people. I don't it's know funny, the reviews. Yeah. Not, so well, it's it's funny seeing all the people like freaking out. Being like, oh, Islander fans, New York Saint fans are complaining about not getting calls after getting all these calls in the Boston series. And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, we can get some favorable calls, but also you got to make the ones that are obvious. Like if you're going to call it by the book, make it by the book. Like they were calling like easy little slash penalties, doing all that stuff. I wouldn't be too crazy about it. But I mean, obvious too many men on the ice. You got to fucking do something with that. Also, I wanted to mention one thing that I've been noticing. I don't know if you noticed it either. Have you noticed that the linesmen are getting in the way a lot of the play? So, like, I've been noticing this a lot, and it's going both ways. It's not even like it's just an Islander problem or just a lightning problem. These linesmen need to get the fuck out of the way. The puck is coming after them. They're hit-checking players. They're, like, fucking getting the puck stuck up in their, like, in their pads and shit. They're not jumping out of the way fast enough. I don't know what the problem is there. But it's just something that was stuck out to me, and I wasn't sure if you had noticed it either. It was just like, no, I mean, maybe I'm just getting in the way. If you take a look at it tonight, you might see it. Yeah, I'll look for it this night. If I, if I was a hockey player and there was a linesman in my, my way, I would fucking lay him the fuck out. Well, that's the thing. They're getting laid out by the linesman. Like, you yeah, see people true. getting hip checked and like pucks going up into them and redirecting the other way. It's just, I, I don't know if it's like a normal thing, but it's just something that I've been noticing during the playoffs, especially in this series. So keep an eye out for that tonight. Little, uh, little Connor X factor. Keep an eye out you, for the line. The only tonight. thing that I've really realized, I mean, it hasn't been as much this, uh, this series because it's only been two games. And I think, I think the Islanders had the same amount of shots in game one. And I think in game two, they only got outshot by like six or seven. But I, in the Boston series too, even though they were winning, they were getting outshot every single game. And it's almost like you're asking way too much of your goalies. And, with this Tampa Bay Lightning team, obviously we saw last game, when you get that many opportunities, you're bound to fucking score. No matter how good your goalie is, no matter how good your defense is, no matter how many passing lanes or shooting lanes you, you cut off, they're, they're finding the back of the net every single time. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Um, 
Because it seems like every time the Islanders have the puck, they just either turn it over, it's a quick shot, and then and it's right out of their fucking offensive zone. And they're on defense for, you know, two minutes at a time. And then they're just waiting, waiting. The, the Lightning are picking them apart, getting a good shot on goal. Varley's saving it. They're kicking it out. And then the Lightning started all over again. Yeah, no, and you can tell right off the, the opening faceoff, you can, you can tell which team's kind of in control and which team's chasing. That's why I thought in the Boston series we were chasing a lot and stole a couple games because we – Obviously, weren't in control and, and got some wins. But yeah, I think in this series it's like been pretty. Game. In this series, it's been pretty even so far. Games one and two, I haven't really seen too much of a. Uh, how do you want to put it? I haven't really seen too much of one side chasing the other. You know what I mean? You can tell obviously when one team's in control, and both home games in Tampa, it didn't seem at all. I mean, game two, you could definitely tell Tampa had a little bit more of an edge but it wasn't crazy like it was last year in the bubble where you were watching the game and you're like, man, we are just outmatched with this team. I don't feel it. I don't feel that way so far this year. And that's a good sign. Yeah. Unless, how good, yeah. how deep the Islanders are too. Well, they're, they're deep and they have a little bit more playoff experience now. Now yeah. going to the Eastern conference final last year, they're back with basically the same core plus Zajac, Zajac and Paul Mary, who also have a lot of experience on the devils. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's encouraging. Like I said, last night or uh, last game, game two, obviously disappointed with the loss, but not unexpected, not crazy unexpected. So uh, one more thing I wanted to mention before we move on. I don't know if you saw the, the videos on Twitter. Anders Lee was uh, skating with the reserves today and he was skating pretty fast and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think just as a sign to get the crowd absolutely out of their fucking minds, they should have Anders Lee go out and do a solo lap <laughs> for the game. Like right before they introduce the starting lineups and stuff, have him like lead the team out and like do warm ups and stuff, and then just go back in the locker room. Just have the captain roll out there, tap his stick on the ice, raise his stick at mid ice, throw a couple shots on net, and then head back to the locker room. Could you imagine the Coliseum crowd's already going to be crazy? They see the captain come out after not seeing him for what, like six months now. Whew. That would be, oh god, they would explode. But thought that was kind of a cool uh, little little video I saw today on on Andrzej. So good sign of seeing him next year at some point. But all right, well, that's our little Islanders recap slash preview. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Did you want to give wanna, game picks? Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, I, we put a, we put them up on Instagram, but you can give them on the, uh, the podcast just in case. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen the Instagram, we uh, Sean made a little post today. We got four New York sports games in action tonight. So you got obviously the Islander playoff game. You got the Mets and Yankees on on um, seven o'clock tonight. So that's going to start in about fifteen minutes. Yeah, seven o five, whatever it is. And then the uh, the Nets Bucks game tonight. So I have the Islanders four two tonight. Um, I don't think they can lose game three in the Coliseum like they did last series, but hey, third time's the charm. Third series is the charm. We're going to get it here. I'm more realistic. Um, I don't know. I think the game's a toss-up. I was going to say two. I was going one nothing lightning, 2-1 lightning, and then 3-1 lightning. I just think they're going to do the same thing that the Islanders did and come here and steal a game. And I think the Islanders are going to take the next game and it's going to go 2-2 back to Tampa, and I know that's a little scary, but – I just think I don't know. There's something about tonight's game just making me a little uh, a little weary about. It's probably from the Boston series. We lost yeah, but it's also it's too. also just like them being consistent scorers. It, it concerns me, and the Lightning can score at any time they want. Yeah, but if you haven't seen the stat, the Islanders lead the the, uh, the NHL in, in goals this playoffs. Uh, yeah, I did see that. So I just I don't know. Boring hockey something, team. You never know. Something. Never no, know. listen. Obviously, I'm rooting for the Islanders, but just something about me tonight. I just think that the Lightning take the first game. Unfiltered, unbiased. That's how we sure. roll. 
I did just side note programming note did, did just pick up this Coors Light Tallboy that I have and thought that it was a four logo and the camera got super scared. So it does cool. look like a four logo, doesn't it? Because of the sunglasses. the sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, the yellow sunglasses. If you guys don't know the story with the Coors Light Tallboys on uh, home games, uh, the Coliseum they only offer like weird selections of beers. They have like Labatt Blue and like Molson's and a couple other like select ones, and then they have Coors Light as like their main one. So the Coors Light Tall Boys, the Coliseum, run you about 15 a pop. So if you're having at least two or three beers, you're uh, you're gonna be spending a good chunk of change. My tradition in the playoffs is every home game, Coliseum game, Coors Light Tall Boy to start. So had to run out this morning and get some uh, Coors Light Tall Boys from the game. Have one now. Have one at eight o'clock, and we should be good to go. Wait, Coors? Why? Then why'd you? Didn't you vote for Bud Light? Well, I like Bud Light better, but Coors yeah. Light is the Islanders tradition. All oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I also said that I was willing to switch my allegiance to Miller Light. After game one, I had a bucket of Millers at the uh, bar, bucket of Miller Light uh, glass bottles. Mm-hmm. I said I was willing to switch my allegiance to Miller Light if it meant the Islanders winning the cup this year. And then you know how big of a deal that is for me. Yeah. So why don't you, why don't you, why don't you buy some Millers tonight? Because it's not tradition. All right. We stick to our traditions here, dude. If we they lose to tonight, if they lose tonight, it's because you didn't drink any Millers. That's probably what it is. But hey, I'll sacrifice. Speaking, All right. Speaking of losing. You know who had probably like the worst loss ever last night? Joel Embiid in the process. Trust the process, dude. You know, really, you know what's really funny though? Because I really I don't pay as much attention, but I was listening to I don't fucking remember. Maybe first take, maybe Sports Center. I don't know. Get up, one of the fucking stupid ESPN shows. And it was Dwight Howard just talking and ta- he motherfucker was talking for 15 straight minutes. Tobias dude, Harris should have been this. Joel Embiid should have been MVP. To, uh, um, Tobias ben, Harris, Long Island Strong. Ben Simmons should have been Defensive Player of the Year. We're the best team. We hear all this noise, blah, blah, blah. Dwight Howard, I don't know who, who asked him the question, but the motherfucker went off. I don't know if it was written or spoken, but for 10 straight minutes about how the 76ers are going to be the best team, how they're going to win a championship, all this shit. They were up by 26 last night <laughs> and lost to the Hawks. Yeah. Um, what was the Lou Williams? Well, they lost to Trey Young, but Lou Williams went. But Lou Williams sparked that run. I, I watched the highlights this morning. Lou Will went off. I, I know was, I already I know I already did it, but I would like to apologize to the Atlanta Hawks fans. Um, we took the Hawks for granted, and I think the Sixers are doing the same thing right now. Um, it's uh, they're they're more talented than we thought. Everyone was sleeping on those uh, those acquisitions they made in the. Uh, the free agency they went out and they got to know Gallinari. they went out and they got to know some more shooters to put around trey and they literally like one through four they can shoot like all four of those guys can, can pull up and, and just knock it down with capella down low it's the way the knicks should be that's what pisses me off what i want the knicks to do is get more shooting and have big boy down low mr robinson but hey you saw it last night trey young's legit the, the hawks have some bench depth that they can have a playoff run and they're up three two in the series now on the one seed. So, yeah, but who do you think who do you think is more disappointing as of right now, the 76ers or the Bucks? 76ers by far. Yeah, I, the I, fact I, that the Bucks the fact that the Bucks like stood up and they they defended home court, they were able to win games three and four. I mean, game five was that was the KD show, but yeah. I mean, you're still in the series. It feels like for the Sixers, they're done. I don't know how. Sixers fans feel or how you feel about this, but to me, it seems like the Sixers are done. 
I don't, I don't think, care how they feel. Whether they, whether they win game six or not, I don't think that they're going to pull it out. And I think the, I, it's so weird saying it. The Hawks are going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Ugh. Could have been the Knicks. And they're going to get rolled by either Milwaukee or Brooklyn. It's going to be Brooklyn. Oh, man. Speaking of that series, let's, let's move on to that. We're doing quick NBA because my, my team's out. You don't have a team, so it doesn't really matter. Um, Kevin Durant, he – is the he, he's the best player in the NBA right now? No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Who's better? LeBron's still better than him. Nope. Yeah, he is. LeBron's playing golf right now. Yeah, bro, but Katie doesn't Kevin, fucking play ever. Kevin Durant's putting on the Superman cape and he's saying, "Look, I know you guys forgot who I was, but I am Kevin Durant now." He said, "I am like right now." If Kevin oh, he's retired right now. He's the same. He's the same Kevin Durant that blew a three-one series lead to the Warriors. He's the same three or uh, the Kevin Durant that joined that Warriors to beat LeBron. He's the same Kevin Durant. No, he's not. Yes, he is. You can't even say that. You can't snake. even say that. You're smiling right now because you can't even say that. He's a bum and he's a snake. He's you're just mad because he joined the Warriors to get a couple of and, rings and now he's and, putting he's putting his own team on his back. And if Chris Paul didn't go into COVID protocol, the Phoenix Suns would have won. The finals. Now the Nets are going to fucking win, and we're going to have to listen to KD try and talk about he's the best. And he's going on Twitter, and he's going to fight with 13-year-old kids that have like Pokemon as their avatar. Did you see that tweet that someone put out, and it said all the Bucks defenders looking at Kevin Durant, and it was like the crusty-ass picture of Michael Rappaport? <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, P.J. Tucker, supposed Kevin Durant style, like <laughs> ass beat in game five. Yeah, but that you know, PJ Tucker would if they met on the street. You know, PJ Tucker would beat Kevin Durant's ass. Yeah, but when it comes to shooting a basketball, no, I know KD is all about that. I mean, no, I I know, but I love how PJ Tucker talks about like basketball, like it's a street fight. Like he, he's just ready to fight all the time. It's like, dude, you're dribbling a ball. He's just, you're not in the UFC. Will you fucking relax? All I'm hoping for tonight, all I'm hoping for, I don't care how much they win by, I'm hoping the Bucks win tonight just so we can see a game seven in Brooklyn because I know it's not going to be as electric as oh, anywhere else. It's not going to be as, as as electric as what, game Game one? seven. Game seven in Barclays Center for the, the semifinals might still have more Knicks fans than Nets fans. Probably. You see like oh. old jerseys. She's like old Mellow and, and Derrick Rose jerseys. I mean, yeah, it's uh, – Kind of embarrassing. I, you know how I hate the Barclays Center. I refuse to go there when the Islanders play there because it's a fucking shithole and Brooklyn sucks. I hate that. But so obviously, you know, obviously our, our NBA. Well, actually, uh, I think your your bracket still could could. Uh, yeah, the Suns. Your bracket still holds a little bit of weight because I think you had the Suns versus the Nets. I had the the Lakers uh, versus the Nets. But what, do you want to do like a little uh, a redo? Like, what do you think right now? I'm today? loving my bracket. I'm thinking. I'm, I don't care whether Chris Paul's out, out or not. Give me, give me Suns and Nets. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. I'm all over the Suns just because Devin Booker will carry them. Mm-hmm. You'll get Chris I Paul just, back eventually, but Devin Booker's the dude. He is that dude, and he's he's showing off in this playoffs, and he's showing why he's a superstar and why I wanted the Knicks to get him. Yeah, but I think if the ago. Jazz if the Jazz come back, uh, I think they're t- more talented enough to beat the Suns without Chris Paul, and I think if the Clippers beat the Jazz, and Kawhi comes back and plays in that series, they're definitely going to fucking probably sweep Phoenix. Especially I, also, I also don't want the Jazz to win because I want Donovan Mitchell to be pissed off and come to the Knicks next year. Yeah. So. <laughs> but those are our takes. I got, I'm got. i still going to take the Suns. I think the Nets might win now. 
I, I originally picked the Suns to win, but if Chris Paul doesn't play, then the Nets will win the championship. But that's how I feel. The winner, yeah. the winner of, uh, I think the winner of this uh, this Bucks Nets series is going to the finals, hundred percent. Whether it's still, I think it's gonna be Nets. I think it's gonna be Nets Clippers, and I think if Kawhi comes back, he can make it really interesting. It might go to seven, especially if uh, Kyrie's not back. But I still, I, I don't know. The Nets are still gonna win. Yeah, I mean they just find ways now. Kevin Durant, Superman. But yeah, that's our that's our NBA take. I mean, if you're keeping up, I know a lot of people are keeping up with the NBA, but I'm, I'm still a little bit buttered about Trey Young being in the playoffs right now. So, on to our our favorite topic, the NFL discount double check, Mr. Aaron Rodgers himself. The longer this draws out, the scarier it gets. Because I don't think he's playing football. He's not just gonna hold out, is he? What do you, you think? He not, just you think he just Le'Veon bells it? Why hiking with with his wife that he married in like a shotgun wedding with Miles Teller, the dude from Twenty One and Over that hangs out with Jeff Chang? Listen, that's what you think Miles Teller's from. That's what he's in. What are you talking about? I mean, he and has he's so also, many, he has so he's many other pro- movies. He's in Project X. I don't know. That was just the first thing that came to my mind. But he's oh. in a lot of things. Miles, yeah, I was going to say. I like Miles. I like Miles. But yeah. I'm just saying, that's like the funniest thing you could think of. This dude yes. was in a movie with Jeff Chang. And Aaron Rodgers, the MVP of the league, is hanging out with him. And he's not reporting to his camps. God only knows how long ago he threw a football. I've seen the pictures from Hawaii. He doesn't really look like he's in football shape. He was never, never really like a, been that kind But that's of what I'm though. saying. He's never – but he looks skinny. Like, he looks like he's lost a significant amount of weight. He looks like those Islanders over there, the, those those locals, whatever the fuck they call them over there, are giving him a little bit of herbs or, or, or shrooms or something, and he's going hiking in the fucking woods with Miles Teller. He's not playing football next year. I'm telling you. I think he's going to retire. I, uh, you're just all over the place. Um, he's retiring. He's not just going to let Bianca. He's retiring. Why, what else does he have to do? Play football for millions of dollars. But he's such a he's such a drama queen, and he needs the attention on him. Well, he's all always the time. been like that. Yeah, he's but always this, been like that. But the type of pe- the people that are like that go to extremes to get their point across, and he seems like that type of person that's going to go to that extra. Look what it did for Le'Veon Bell. He sat out a year, and now he's a fucking bum ass washed up running back. Yeah, but Le'Veon Bell was a running back that played for five years that was somewhat decent and barely had any endorsements. This I mean, he was, the, he was the best. He was the best running back in the NFL. I know, but but I'm saying this is this is Aaron Rodgers, the MVP of the league, a Super Bowl champion that's been in the league for 15 plus years that has you know State Farm commercials, a bunch of endorsements, you know, sponsored by this, sponsored by that, has celebrity f- friends and fans and fucking family too, even though he doesn't even talk to them. It's a different situation. I just think that he thinks that he's been disrespected, which rightfully so. But the way that he's acting is just uh, it's these. There's people. no way. There's no way he retires. I'll, I'll guarantee. I'll throw an entire paycheck on that right now. I'm not going to make there's, that. There's I, no he's, way he retires. I'll tell you that I, right now. I'm saying the way he's acting right now it looks like he's retiring. Yeah, he's trying to make. He's trying to strong arm the, the Green Bay Packers into either getting him weapons or trading him. And he's not even making any demands. That's the problem. If, well, he was making de- if he was making demands on teams that he wanted to go to and giving lists and doing all that shit, the same kind of stuff that Deshaun Watson was doing earlier in the year, the same kind of shit that all these uh, like NBA players do where they're like, I'll only go here. Yeah, I'd start to believe that. But he's just being a little crybaby. He'll hold out a training camp for a few weeks. His agent and his teammates will tell him to get back to fucking work. 
and then he'll go play football. That's just how it's going to go. They're not going to just, he's not just going to give up being the MVP of the league. That's just not how that works. He's not Andrew Luck. He's not just going to fucking retire. Yeah, because Andrew oh, Luck's like designing like Elon Musk's next like spaceship and shit. Aaron I know you have PTSD that. of your quarterbacks leaving you, but he's not just going to retire. I'm sorry. He's going to play for the Green Bay Packers this year. That's, that's it. He will be the he will be the starting quarterback. The I don't think I don't think he's playing for the Packers. Week one, he will be the starting quarterback. Why, then why are they hyping up Jordan Love so much? They're trying to like get him back. Are they trying to like bait Aaron Rodgers to come back? This, it's not them hyping up Jordan Love. It's the fucking media. Did you see that article? I think it was one of the Packer beat writers wrote that from one day of minicamp. Said Jordan Love yeah. comparisons with Patrick Mahomes. Shut the fuck up. Shut. The absolute fuck up. That's the same dumbass, mm, I can't say, dumbass motherfuckers that they put those articles up in the offseason. They're like, uh, Jacob DeGrom and, and Garrett Cole, the two best pitchers in New York, who's better? It's like when you're so bored and you're just throwing shit against the wall to see if it fucking sticks. Anyone who, who tried to compare Jordan Love to Mahomes, anyone who read that article, wrote that article, approved that article, and read it to like quote tweet to anyone else deserves to be kicked off the planet and sent probably to PFF. Space. It's probably PFF. Send them to space. space. Send them to fucking space because they do not deserve to breathe the same air that we do. When you're a mouth breathing idiot like anyone who read that article and believed it, that's what you get. Anyone who thinks that Jordan Love is going to be Patrick Mahomes needs to shut the fuck up right now and sit down and go to bed because you're okay. Happy. Obviously, because no one's going to be Patrick Mahomes. No one on earth thought anyone was going to be the next Tom Brady. No one on earth thought anyone was going to be the next Aaron Rodgers, everything. Patrick Mahomes is obviously a generational talent. Jordan loves nothing close to that. I don't care what he's doing in training camp, what he did at Utah fucking state. I mean, he's not going to be Rodgers. This Packers team, I'm telling you right now, if Rodgers doesn't play, we always talked about like who was the most important player to their team it was like that year when Peyton first got hurt when the Colts were 13 and 3 and then he was hurt and they they went and they went 2 and 14 without Peyton it was like he really made that much of a difference when Tom Brady got hurt they had Matt Castle they went 10 and 6 and just barely missed the playoffs Aaron Rodgers not on the Green Bay Packers I don't see them winning more than four fucking games especially with the division improving too I mean, that's a tough to get. I mean, I'm not gonna say tough. Maybe no, the Vikings. The Vikings, are good. the Vikings are a good team. The Bears got a little bit better, and the Lions. I mean, who, who knows with with Goff there now? You never know. But th- there's a lot of changes going on in the NFC North. I just don't see it happening in Green Bay. I really don't. You can't. I'll never. I, I won't believe that Aaron Rodgers is leaving Green Bay until he's literally stepping on the field wearing another but that's but that's what we said that's what Peyton Manning will never play in another uniform Tom Brady will never play in another uniform like it's things happen it's a business people keep forgetting that's a business and it becomes more of a business every single year there's less and less less and less loyalty in the NFL every single year well it's not just about loyalty it's the same thing you said before it's a different situation Peyton Manning got hurt yeah he had neck surgery he was out for a long time and that's one of the main reasons that the Colts decided to move on and he decided to move on. Yeah, but Rodgers has been hurt, you know, the Brady, past three, Brady, four years. Well, well, that, but he's, he hasn't had anything serious like that. Brady was 43 years old when he decided to move on. That's, that's, the, that's the Pats being like, all right, look, like, we've done all we can with you. We've gotten four Super Bowls out of it. It's, 
or five Super Bowls out of six rings, whatever the fuck it is. I don't even, even keep track of New England right now. But the only reason Tom Brady moved on is because he's 40 fucking three years old. And the Pats were like, look, dude, like, how much longer are you going to fucking play? And he wouldn't give them an answer, so they moved on to Tampa. And this situation is not like that because one Rodgers is the NFL or the NFL MVP. I mean, yeah, he's late thirties, but in quarterback years at that level, that's not crazy old. Where, where is he going to go? If he does like, that's what I'm saying. That was my next point. His best bet to win is still in green Bay. Where's he going to go? You can't come over to the AFC. The AFC is fucking loaded right now. It used to be a couple of years ago was the NFC. The NFC would reign supreme. You'd have those top three to five teams that were better than every team in the AFC. Now you got multiple teams in the AFC, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Browns, the, the Colts now. I mean, there's so many more teams in the AFC that you have to get past. And especially with the teams in the AFC that he's going to go to, the Broncos, you want to compete with Mahomes twice a year. You want to get the Herbert. wild card. You want to get what? Mahomes and Herbert. Yeah, and Herbert. I forgot about Herbert too. So you want to get the wild card. You want to get the wild card. You're going from Green Bay where you have control of the division every single year to the AFC where you might not even win your division and you might not even get out of the wild card round. I I, I think it's stupid on his part. That's why I think he's – I don't think he's going to retire. It's just a hot take that – yeah, I mean, that would be a super hot take because I don't see him going anywhere else. I, I don't think he's going to retire. I, like I said, week one, he will be the starting quarterback of the, the Green Bay Packers. If this is his last season in Green Bay, though, that wouldn't shock me. The way last year ended. Who did it, they lose to? Oh, the Bucks. They lost to the Bucks in the NFC yeah. Championship, yep, but it was, yep, a, yep. it was a play call that kind of – Oh, when they decided the, the field, yeah, they kicked the yeah. they kicked the field goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, and I that's and that's why I think he's doing this because it it left a sour taste in his mouth. The post game press conference afterwards, he was like, "Look, my future's undecided." Blah blah blah. He's not going anywhere. After this season, maybe you can reevaluate after cooler heads prevailed. But if they go fucking thirteen wins again, or in this case, fourteen with an extra season or an extra week this season. He's not going to walk away from a 13-14 win team because they're – he has – I'm not going to say he has weapons. He has a weapon and a really good running back, yeah. a decent offensive line, and a really good head coach. You're not going to find a better situation than that right now. And that's – I mean, unless he could flip-flop with fucking Brady down in Tampa. That's the only situation that would make sense. Because then he'd have the weapons, he'd have the championship pedigree that the Packers have, and he'd have a probably better defense in, in that case. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's not like I said, it's a hot topic because, like I said, no one knows what the fuck's going on because he he won't communicate. I feel like his little fucking brother right now. He won't communicate with anyone. He's like holding a secret. Yeah. And that's that's why I think he's just going to. Go it's back like to um, it's like on the Pat, it's like on the Pat McAfee uh, show because he always has AJ Hawk on. He's always like trying to pry shit out of AJ yep. Hawk. It's like, come on, you talk, you talk, you still talk to Aaron all the time. Like, what <laughs> the fuck? Oh man, no, that's that's uh, we got plenty of time. We're just in mini camps. We'll see what happens when, when the actual training camp rolls around. Um, we'll see uh, all that shit going on. No preseason this year, but actually, I think it's just two preseason. Yeah, it should be just two. Um, they, cut it, they cut it down to two preseason games this year. Is it two? I thought it was yeah. three. They usually did four, and I think they cut it in half and added that extra week. So 
once that starts, you'll get a better idea once all that shit happens. Still a little bit too early, but the fact that the fact that he hasn't said anything is a little bit. I would be very concerned if I was a Packer fan. So, but moving on, something near, near and dear to my heart: the uh, the the right shoulder of Jacob Degrom, the right elbow of Jacob Degrom, the right fucking everything of Jacob Degrom. He is the greatest pitcher I've ever seen throw baseball. Um, I'm just gonna flat out say it. Throw the gauntlet down. I mean, he's having a in my, year. I mean, in my in my 25 years on earth, he is the greatest pitcher. I didn't get to see. I mean, we were alive, but I didn't get to see 99 Pedro. I didn't get to see any of the guys in the 80s. I, he is the best pitcher I have seen I've ever seen throw a baseball, and he's also probably the best baseball player I've ever seen because he's hitting 456. He's driving in runs. Even last night, he got hurt, got pulled in the set in the third inning, eight strikeouts in nine and in, in uh, three innings, eight of nine batters he struck out, and he had an RBI single. So imagine, it's just, imagine, imagine what he could be if they tried to make him Otani before Otani was Otani. I don't think he hits for the same amount of power, but I feel like his average and him playing shortstop, he'd probably be fucking nasty. Because well, that's the thing. Like this year in his off days, he could he could play shortstop because Lindor's struggling. So. Yeah. I I I've seen like clips of him like fielding and shit, and like even him running the bases and sliding. He just lo- he looks like a position player. He makes like, every he makes every right decision on the base pass. He makes every right decision in the field. One of these is one of these days he's going to win a Gold Glove. I mean, the Mets have some of the best hitting slash fielding pitchers in the game. Stroman's another Gold Glove guy. But like, could you imagine? They I think uh, Howie Rose was talking about this. The, the radio guy for the Mets, former TV guy for the Islanders. He was uh, going back and forth with Stroman on Twitter, and he was like, "Could you guys imagine you and Jake up the middle?" In a fucking lineup, it's like imagine shortstop Jacob Degrom, second base Marcus Stroman. How fucking <laughs> nasty that defense would be! They'd be flipping double plays to each other like they were ten year vets. It's just crazy. Like, obviously, it's frustrating when he gets pulled in the third inning. But the thing with this Mets team this year, and we haven't really talked too much about it, just because it hasn't really been a story. I mean, usually the thing the thing that is more of a story usually is surprisingly or surprising bad performances so like the yankees have been a big big story this year i mean i hate to like rag on your team but like you you know what's going on i mean they've won two in a row i mean they've won two in a row but like (laughs) overall so far this season has been absolutely disappointing yeah it's 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 been very bad and the mets they're 10 games over 500 half their team's on the il and their starting rotation ERA is like under two. And haven't they had like ten games like canceled or postponed or some shit too? Yeah, we have a lot of games to make up. But like I said, the, the I think we're in a thirty-three game, thirty-one day stretch. So like mm-hmm. in thirty-three days, we're playing 30, 30, 31 days, we're playing thirty-three games, something like that. There's two double right now in there. starting. Yeah, it's already we're already in it. Okay. But like they won three straight against the Cubs. They're about to go for a four-game sweep. DeGrom got pulled in the third last night, and it's like it's a completely different atmosphere. For all those Met fans listening out there, you can understand. When your starter gets pulled early in a game, a Met fan usually is like, oh, fuck, I might as well turn off the game. It's going to be 10 runs in the next four Yeah, things like David Peterson or something. The bullpen has been incredible. And, like, the starters have been really, really good. But, like, the more, like I said, the more surprising thing is the fucking bullpen. Like, we're just calling guys up from, from Syracuse and just pull, plug and playing with Sean Reed Foley and Drew Smith and fucking all these random guys from Syracuse coming up and pitching meaningful innings. And the guys that were struggling last year, 
pitching well, like Familia and Diaz and all these. It's just, it's so crazy seeing the Mets actually be decent. And it's like, I'm waiting for the other shooter drop, but like this year with Steve Cohen as the owner now, it feels like it might not. So like, I'm knocking on wood right now. You can hear it in the mic. Shot on. Sean I'm knocking Reed, on wood. Sean Reed Foley reminds me of um, MLB Road to the Show. So he's like, <laughs> he was always on my minor league team, and he'd always be like the starting pitcher or the relief pitcher. He's I'm got like, a hell of a mustache too. I'll yeah, tell you that. yeah. I just vaguely remember seeing yep. that motherfucker in every single Road to the Show from like 2017, 18, all the way up until this year. But yeah, I went on a little bit of a mess right there. But the main point was, would you be shocked if Jacob Degrom, healthy like he is, he's gotten cleared twice now. Healthy, would you be shocked if he won the Cy Young and MVP this year? No, I said that. I said that I prior prior to his start last night. I think I told you. I said he probably he deserves the the MVP and the Cy Young. I mean, there's no. They were one else saying there. it on the broadcast last night. He is the favorite to win the NL MVP. Oh, well, we talked about this last time, last podcast when we had the the um the poll who's more dominant, Trout or Degrom, and I went off on the Trout people. I said, listen. Trout might be the best positional player that we've seen in, in a long time, but there's no one that's fucking touching DeGrom. I told you, Tatis, Vlad Guerrero, every, every once in a while you'll get that position player that goes off. Nobody's fucking doing in history what DeGrom's been doing so far. These are Koufax numbers. These are Pedro Gibson. Martinez early year numbers. He has it's the crazy. lowest ERA through the, through the starts and since like 1920 or some shit like that. So he went three innings of perfect ball last night. Yeah, well, his, ERA, his ERA dropped to 0.54, so under one ERA through his first 11 starts. I mean, obviously, he's, he's gotten pulled, I think it was in the sixth inning in the first one with injury, in the third inning last night with injury. Luckily, cleared on both, but he's thrown, I think it's like 68, 70 innings, something like that. He's not obviously going to reach the innings limits or the inning numbers that, that Gibson did because they threw fucking nine innings every night out. Early 60s and 70s, whatever the fuck. I think it was 60s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, they but would throw like back-to-back games. It's like I, like I think we mentioned it last podcast. It's not unrealistic to say Jacob DeGrom will have under a one ERA this year. No, I mean, obviously, I, he's not going to go fucking crazy. And, like, he's, he, he, he's going to give up some runs. It's, it's inevitable. But, like, someone put out a tweet the other night. It said, Jacob DeGrom's had more MRIs this year than earned runs. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think he's had, like, four or five MRIs. <laughs> That's funny. It's crazy. It's just, it's, I want to be concerned, but for some reason I'm not. Just seeing him throw 101 miles an hour off the fucking Well, rip. you don't have to be concerned with uh, Stroman and Walker doing what they're doing right now and being 10 games above 500 and the rest of the division being as shitty as they are. Yeah, and I watched the press conference with Rojas today where they were talking about they're not putting him in the IL. He threw some, he was playing catch today with, with some of the guys out on the field. And one of the reporters was like, dude, you have a 10-game lead, or you're 10 games above 500. You have a five-game lead in the division right now. Why not just put him on the IL for 10 days? Let him rest. Like, what's the downside to that? And he didn't have, a, didn't have an answer for it, which is, again, why I think he's a fucking terrible manager. Oh, yeah, he's bad. Anyone that thinks – bad managers. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Like, SNY put a tweet about, like, Luis Rojas getting uh, National League Manager of the Year award. Votes. <laughs> and I was like, this guy, they're literally winning in spite of him. He is probably one of the worst managers I have seen in my lifetime yeah. with the Mets, and we've seen some pretty bad ones. You know, like I had Jerry Manuel for a fucking couple of years. Art Howe in the early 2000s was a fucking disaster. Um, I mean, even Terry Collins, some of his in-game decisions were. Yeah, but it was funny to watch. 
But no, like I, I love he's probably my favorite of all time. But it's oh it's a balance. You gotta you gotta balance it. It's delicate. Little uh, side note, speaking of Mets managers, I went to wait, I think I already told you that. Did I tell you I saw Bobby Valentine the other week? We went to school. He was our athletic director. Yeah, yeah, but when I went, I went to Stanford with my friends like uh, two weeks ago, uh, last weekend, two weekends ago. Stanford or Stanford? Stanford, Stanford, Connecticut. Okay. Stan, Stan. I'm thinking you're saying Stan is in California. I was like, when the fuck were you in California? Stanford, Connecticut. And we didn't even go to his bar because he's got a bar up there like Bobby V's. We're at a different bar. And I'm, me and my friends are waiting online to go to the bathroom. And he just walks by and he smacks one of my friends in the chest. And he goes, just pinch it, boys. That's what I do. And I'm like, what oh, the yeah, fuck? Oh, yeah, no, he's, he's 100% psycho now. I'm like, Bobby? What the fuck? He's late 70s, early 80s right now. And he's absolutely lost his mind. Oh, yeah, he, he's definitely saying But no, I remember seeing him at freshman orientation. Shook his hand. And I said, yeah. big Met fan. Appreciate what you did for us. And he said, always Thanks. in Bridgeport. Thanks, always son. In, he was always in Bridgeport filling up his Beamer at like the most ghetto gas station ever. Bobby V does not give one single fuck. No, he didn't give a shit, bro. But no, that's uh, like, like I said with the Mets, with the manager, with the Grom situation, with all the injuries. It's a delicate balance. Um, just the skeptical Met fan in me wants to be scared. But, like, they're playing so well right now where I'm just so confident every night going into a game where I don't care who's on the mound. I don't care who's in the lineup. We're going to find – I don't even know who the fuck is on the mound tonight. Uh, I want to say – I saw it. That's why when I was making the picks, I'm like, I might huh. pick the next. And then I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Well, I, I forgot. The, I actually pulled up – since I have like, a split screen now, I actually have the, the Met game on right now. It's he's like, like 0-3 with, like, a 4. Who the fuck is that guy? Well, Stroman's pitching tonight, but um, – they're oh, down two nothing. They're down two nothing early. Wait, there's Strowman's two. pitching tonight? Yes, there's two oh, outs in wait, the first what? right now. There's two Dude, outs. I, I went on the ESPN right app and it said it was someone else. I swear. That's why I picked the the Cubs. I swear to God. Uh, no, it's Hendricks versus Strowman. What? Um, no, but the Mets did are, not say that. I do. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I know, but when I when I made the picks, it did not. ESPN did not say that. It said like some random dude. I was like, who is? Well, that's ESP. That's ESPN for you. Fuck but yeah, no. The, the Mets are down 2 nothing early right now, so Strome must have given up a home run. Um, who was it? Uh, looks like Javi Baez. Yeah, Javi Baez, two-run homer. Damn. So that's uh, – I mean – and this is the thing. Like, I'm not even worried about it. strome has been pitching so well all year that, like, two runs might be the only thing he gives up. And the rest of the team, I'm like, I'm very confident. We got Billy McKinney starting in right field. Jose Peraza is our second baseman tonight. <laughs> I mean, Billy McKinney starting in right field. What is the rest of the lineup? Yeah, Billy McKinney and Kevin Pillar in center. Kevin Pillar has been like a fucking MVP this year. But no, it's uh, it's nice seeing the Mets actually do something. It's terrifying thinking that they might have the other shoe drop at some point where DeGrom might not get out of harm's way at some point. Having all of these injuries getting pulled from starts early. One of these days, it's going to be an elbow. It's going to be a fucking something to do with his shoulder and I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop, but yeah. I'm, I'm positive. So that's my Met rant. We don't need to talk about the Yankees because there's nothing for them to talk about. No, not even close, but uh, you know what's next? We're going to do something a little bit different just because that we don't have a top five anymore because we're, uh, we're done with it. I'm still going to do it though. Oh, that's fine. But we have a Will Ferrell, Mount Rushmore. We have done what, what Mount Rushmore's have we done before? Uh, you're putting me on the spot here. Adam Sandler, we did. We did Adam um, Sandler. We did one more. Oh, we did um, 
New York sports athletes. NFL goats. NFL goats, New York sports athletes. We did. Um, I can't think of anything else. But oh, I think that was it for Mount Rushmore. Yeah. But all right. Well, this is. Uh, it's tough. I mean, there's there's just so many. There's so many, and there's so many that are like niche that he is like so good in. But I think we're just going to go with the starring ones, right? Yeah, yeah. The ones where he's like the main character. Not like the the Austin Powers, not like the the side roles. Like he was in Wedding Crashers where he was the fucking guy in the basement with the meme doing the mom meatloaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Um... You can go first. You can just say all four since it's not like a draft, since we can okay. have the same amount, like the same things. I was about to just start ripping off two or three in a row, but I'm also terrified. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the first two I'm going to say, I feel like we're going to be pretty pretty uh, in lockstep with. Yeah, I think we're going to have two of the same. I'm going Step Brothers, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going Semi Pro. Okay. With Jackie Moon. Uh huh. So Step Brothers, obviously, probably one of his best movies. I mean, that movie is an absolute classic. Um, Step uh, Semi Pro. Jackie Moon is an all-time iconic car- character. Love Me Sexy is a fucking banger. After one and two for me, it gets tough because there's a lot that I would love to pick from. I think three. I'm gonna have to go Anchorman. Mm-hmm. I think that's you have to have that one in there, and then four. There's so many good ones. Oh my god! I'm deciding between two right now, and I don't know which one to do because I think I'm gonna have to go. So there's two I'm deciding between right now. I'm going to go with the one that I think he was better in because I think the other one that I'm thinking of, there's another actor that was better in it. I'm going to go with Talladega Nights for number four. Ooh. Ricky Bobby. I mean, that one's another iconic one. Or, I mean, like, you really can't go wrong. You need, like, five or six for this because he has so many fucking insane ones. So my my Mount Rushmore of Will Ferrell movies, it is uh, Step Brothers, Semi-pro. It is Talladega Nights. And what was the last one? What did you say? Uh, Semi-pro, Step Brothers. Talladega Nights and Anchorman. Yes. Those are my four. All right. And I'll explain to you the last two that I was deciding between at the end. All right. So that's a good list. Obviously, Will Ferrell's in a lot of great movies. You can't go wrong with anything. I'm going to just lift, list off my two that uh, we have the same in common just so we can get them out of the way. I have Step Brothers, obviously. That's probably like his number one movie. That's got to be number one. Yeah. Um, and then Anchorman. Yep. Um, I just remember watching that with my brother just because he's a little bit older. And Ron Bergen. <laughs> that shit was fucking hysterical. And just the supporting cast in that movie, too, was so phenomenal. Like Steve Carell, Paul Rudd. Ah, fucking I, fat I love Lamb. I love Lamb. Yeah. I, I mean, they were, it, it was fucking phenomenal. Number three, I'm going to go with something a little bit more PG. But it absolutely cracked me up, and I watched it multiple times. I bought the DVD when I was a child. Kicking and Screaming. 
Yeah, that's one that I was thinking about, I, I, too. I mean, dude, like, the way his character changes just from because he started drinking coffee and Mike Dick being in it. And, uh, it Pass I it mean, to the Italians. Dude, I, I mean, the Italians cutting up the meat and everything when they and, showed up. To the and break, field and break someone's clavicle. Yeah, and fucking um, Byung Song and the fucking <laughs> Mega Man and everything. Dude, I mean, that fucking movie, I've never laughed harder at a, at a movie that was actually PG. Like, did not yeah. have any cursing in it, no sexual innuendos, like nothing. That movie was just fucking hysterical from its own right. And oh. number four, I don't know if you've actually even seen this. This is one of his older ones. Um, it's a pretty good movie. It kind of reminds me, have you ever seen um, Accepted? Yeah. With Justin Long and, like, Jonah Hill? Yep. Kind of reminds me of that a little bit, old school. Yes, I've seen old. Owen Wilson, yeah, Vince, yeah, yeah, Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell when they when they create their own fraternity, their fake mm-hmm. fraternity on the college campus when they're like yep. thirty years old. Yeah, that movie's fucking hysterical. <laughs> Will Ferrell, I think he goes streaking and he gets like run over by the car or some shit. That one is um, that's one that I actually didn't see until later on. So that movie yeah, came out in two thousand three, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and. I actually didn't watch that movie for the first time until like a couple years ago. So it wasn't as like iconic as it, as it, like some people think it is for me, but still absolutely fucking hilarious. Yeah. It's a great movie. Now that's a great, so recap the top four or the Mount Rushmore for everyone at home. You want me to do it? Recap yours and I'll do mine. Oh, I was going to say, cause I really don't even remember yours. So I was going to say, I can't say both. <laughs> All right. So, well, I know two of yours cause we have two of the same. Uh, I got stepbrothers, anchorman, Kicking and Screaming, and Old School. And for my Mount Rushmore of Will Ferrell movies, obviously Step Brothers and Anchorman we had in common. Uh, I went with Semi-Pro, Jackie Moon, and I went with Talladega Nights, Bowen of Ricky Bobby. Semi-Pro was my fourth until I remembered Old School. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's just, those are the ones, the four probably that I've watched the most of. The other couple that I was thinking of, the one that I wanted to pick but didn't because I thought, the other guy was better in it was the other guys the other guys with mark Mark Wahlberg because i think mark Wahlberg is actually just as funny if not funnier in that with the the peacock gotta let me fly shot (laughs) jeter that kind of thing that's one that's good obviously there's there's elf everyone's yeah yeah i kind of disregard that one just as a christmas movie but yeah that is so fucking funny yeah he is i mean buddy the elf what's your favorite color is iconic as well um, and then there was one more that I was looking at. Oh, Blades of Glory with Chad Michaels. Oh my God. You know That's, what? Yeah. I forgot about Blades of Glory, honestly. I don't think it would have made my top four, but I completely forgot about it. It wasn't on yeah. any list. It wasn't up. in my it wasn't in my top four, but that's one that I had to bring up just because it's so fucking funny too. And then and uh, is it John Hater? It's John Hater. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Oh, that one's good. Are we missing any other ones? Let me scroll through this filmography real quick. The internship with Luke Wilson or Owen Wilson was funny. That's the Google one where they uh, they interned at Google. Wait, Will Ferrell was in that? Yeah, wasn't he? F- oh no, that was uh, he was a, he did a side role. Then I'm thinking I was going to say I don't remember Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn yeah, was. Vaughn, was like, uh, I'm looking at his whole thing here. Talladega Nights, kicking and screaming. He had that side role of Wedding Crashers that we talked about. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I think we pretty much covered all of his like big hits i'm surprised you went kicking and screaming though that's one that i i love that movie but i don't think i can put that in my top i love that dude i've seen that so many times and just like i think it's the fact that it's like it's supposed to be a family movie but it's that fucking hysterical and just like will ferrell's character just cracked the fuck up in it 
We missed out. Uh, I don't know if you saw this one, the campaign with Zach Galifianakis. That was another one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of that movie, so I probably would have I would have left that shit out. But that's another one I had to bring up because that's another one that was a pretty big hit with him. So those are our Mount Rushmores. I mean, that was probably one of the tougher ones we've ever done. He's such a fucking. I mean, Adam Sandler's got the hits, but like you, we had of, the same. You can four. kind of funnel down Adam Sandler's core. We had the same four, <laughs> so. Meeting, uh, doing a uh, Will Ferrell one is a little bit more tough, but hey. What should we do next? I don't know. We can talk about that off air. We got a lot of fucking Mount Rushmore's we can do. Yeah, we can. But all right, we'll put those on Instagram, Twitter. Comment on us. Tell us we're stupid. Tell us what we missed. I think we pretty much covered everything on that one. Um, yeah. Unless there's like some out there ones that we didn't cover. I mean, there's that one from Netflix that I told you about that actually made me upset because he wasn't funny in it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It was like, it was like a serious movie that Will Ferrell did. But, uh, well, yeah, no. Tell us what we uh, what we missed. If you liked it or shit, if you agree. Oh, I'll probably whatever. do Mark Wahlberg. It's another good one. Yeah, definitely do that one. But I think that wraps it for today. We got the Islander game in about 35-ish minutes. Um, the Mets are getting their shit kicked in right now. Um, nice. Nothing down to the Cubs, so that'll be fun. I'm going for a sweep. Uh, the Yankees are – I was just starting. I mean, even when it's uh... – Zero zero, let's go. Yeah, the, <laughs> Toronto's got two men on the. I mean, usually when side. I miss when I miss opening pitch and I go and look at the game, it's usually one nothing already. So I mean, that's well, I'll tell you right now, there's no out in the bottom of the first, and Michael, Michael King has a runner on second and third and black. <laughs> oh, so shit. <laughs> so this could be a short night for the New York baseball teams, but hey, what really matters is playoff season, baby. Out at the Coliseum, there is a team of destiny playing tonight. And for all you guys over at Boda, it's not the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning. It's the goddamn New York Islanders. So game three is ours. Game four is ours. And we'll see you in fucking, I don't know, Sunday. We'll do something. Talk to you.